we're going to Law of One, Session 74, ruling right along. This was received uh, October 28, 1981. We have 24 exchange, 20 exchanges, 20. Some bit about uh, some dynamics uh, about the raw conduct from last session, a, miss, miss, a missed word. And then an interesting initial uh, entree into the study of the tarot with two of the most important cards of the tarot being a matrix of mind and potentiator of mind, the first two. Discussion of indigo ray, positive path, and then uh, long on white magic. So we will do this session likely in two parts and let us start. So 740, the greeting. I am Ra. I greet you in the love and in the light of the one infinite creator. We communicate now. Don, as always, first asks about Carla. Could you first please give me the condition of the instrument? And as often, Ra says, it is as previously stated, which means it's good enough, as they said before. The first was <clears throat> a reference back, 74.2. Uh, Don is asking about an exchange in session 73, 73.14.15, and I'll read that after this exchange, Don says, before I get to new material, last session there seems to be a, have been a small error in that I corrected then, having to do with the statement, quote, no working comes from it, but only through it. Uh, was this an error in transmission, or what caused this problem? The, the original exchange was 7314. Don asked about the apparent paradox of the working of a healer that seemed to partially abridge free will or in the seemingly magical occurrence of a healing, the working of an adept. Is there a paradox here in that, you know, mag adept's magical working healing seems to or might abridge free will? And Ra's answer was that, no, it isn't. Um, and the direct line that's questioned here is the final statement where Ra said, talking about the, the nature of non-infringement or infringement. And I'll, I'll read the um, exchange, 7314, or Ra's answer. Ra said, so Don is saying, could you speak on this paradox that's immediately the problem of anyone doing healing? First of all, it's not a paradox to Ra. And it's not a problem to anyone doing healing who is aware of unity. So it's only a paradox or a problem for those who don't understand how it's non-infringement. Ra said, we are humble messengers of the law of one. To us there are no paradoxes. The workings which seem magical and therefore seem to infringe free will do not in themselves do so, meaning infringe. For the distortions of perception are as many as the witnesses, and each witness sees what it desires to see. The infringement upon free will occurs in this circumstance only if the entity doing the working ascribes the authorship of this event, meaning the working, to itself or its own skills. Those who state that no working comes from it, but only through it, is infringing upon free will. It was supposed to be not infringing upon free will. So 
the correct statement is those who state that no working comes from it but only through it is not infringing upon free will those who and i would say those who know adepts know you see adepts are 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 beyond ordinary thinking adepts know that no working comes from it but through it know that and they may state that or they ought to state that or they maybe don't even need to state it directly but um imply or communicate it somehow the working doesn't come from the healer it working comes through the healer and really does depend on the entity uh to be healed the their willingness or the degree of um of their receptivity to the transmission of energy which is their free will determination of quantity quality in receiving the working or making use of the working and therefore being gaining healing anyway don asked was this an error in transmission what caused the problem in 74.2 ross says this instrument while fully open to our narrow band contact at times experiences a sudden strengthening of the distortion which you call pain this weakens the contact mom- momentarily this type of increased distortion has been occurring in this instrument's bodily complex with more frequency in the time period which you may term the previous fortnight although it is not normally a phenomenon which causes difficulties in transmission it did so twice in the previous working both times it was necessary to correct or rectify the contact meaning to correct what they had said through her because of the flare of pain which is a distortion like like all phenomena that are not known as unity uh, she had been experiencing more pain in the last fortnight whatever that is a week maybe um and that's why they missed the word and so the mistake is uh, fortnight is 2 weeks so uh, that's why they missed the word and uh, implied that it was infringement but it was not infringement so it's it's basically the matter of um recognized authorship recognized and stated authorship in and it's the same kind of thing it's like uh you know i love you is it my love my love to you well whose love is it <laughs> it's universal love it's not mine and who's this me anyway is do i possess qualities of mind gotama would say no a uh, uh, self is not this the self doesn't possess the mind the mind is not in the self the self any any view of what self is is mistaken or empty or sunya and so uh to to you know we won't get into this here but the question of uh, authorship of magical activity leads to the question of authorship of uh free will itself who's deciding which leads to the question of the uh, ontology or issue of ontology which is who are you identity right the the issue of ontology or study of being is ultimately a question of identity which is ramana maharshi's question who are you <clears throat> what are you aham vichara which is self inquiry um if you don't know who you are uh, you won't have gnosis and gnosis includes uh, self realization and there are stages of it 
so it gets very deep but uh, no the adept doing magical working who states Ross stated and I would say who communicates somehow their non-authorship or non-possession uh, of the healing or of the working is not infringing free will uh, which is uh, something that healers ought to know too you don't do healing and you're not responsible for the healing you're responsible for what's transmitted and the other is responsible for uh, quantity quality of reception of what's transmitted then 74.3 um, you can see this is there's a lot of um, the, the questioning and the answering gets very is, is clearly deep in this session and we're, we're 74 sessions in Don says, could you please describe the trance state, as I'm somewhat confused with respect to how, when in trance, pain can affect the instrument, since I was of the opinion that there would be no feeling of pain in the bodily complex in the trance state. So, very subtle question. If she's feeling pain flares in a trance, how can that affect transmission, or how does it affect her? And that's... Uh, that's the subtle point because there is effect but it may not be an effect on mind but it's an effect or it's an effect on mind but she's not conscious of it so there can be an effect without one being conscious of it anyway Ross said this is correct meaning there's no feeling of pain in the bodily complex in the trance state Ross said this is correct this instrument has no awareness of this or other sensations however we of Ra use the yellow ray activated physical complex as a channel through which to speak. As the mind-body-spirit complex of the instrument leaves this physical shell in our keeping, it is finally adjusted to our contact. However, the distortion which you call pain, when sufficiently severe, mitigates against proper contact, and when the increased distortion is violent, can cause the tuning of the channel to waver. This tuning must then be corrected which we may do as the instrument offers us this opportunity freely. So now we're getting into the metaphysics of the transmissional contact itself associated with tuning, which is vibratory synchrony, vibratory resonance between uh, sender-receiver, between raw group transmitting the vibratory energy uh, stream, we can look at it, as uh, of the communication, to Carla's yellow ray activated physical complex brain, through the brain, uh, out the mouth of her yellow ray, third ray, activated physical complex. So you see there's um, all seven rays possible physical complex activation, or all seven rays activation of physical complex possible. So there is the green ray activated physical complex. That's what they're using in fourth density. So the animals and plants are their body, their form, their rupa, is orange ray activated physical complex. Likewise, uh, higher dimensional beings are in higher color spectrum, seven rays, activation of their physical complex and that's why they can exist in space-time up there. So using that third ray activated physical complex with 
possible violent increased pain flares distortion uh, causes their tuning to waver <laughs> just like uh, a radio being tuned to a station uh, with invisible radio radio waves in the air picking them up and broadcasting them out as sound the tuning uh, gets disturbed by her pain because the tuning is associated with her nervous system and the nadis the basically the subtle energy channels of prana or chi or numa uh, the nadis hindu yoga <clears throat> being the uh, subtle correlate of the physical nervous system being resonant with ra's transmission from sixth density such resonance disturbed by the um, disrupted neural signals associated with pain flares then they have to t correct it 744 uh, in a previous session there was a question on the archetypical mind that was not not fully answered i would like to continue with the answer to that question could you please continue with that or would it be necessary for me to read the entire question over again and Ra, who has a good memory, <laughs> uh, remembered it. And this was, I'm not going to get into the previous question, but uh, basically asking for, um, it was Don's accounting of um, some basic archetypes and asking for Ra's uh, feedback. And Ra's answer, which is very long, which we'll take a long time with here, 74.4, I'll read it fully and then unpack. Ross says, As a general practice, it is well to vibrate the query at the same space-time as the answer is desired. However, in this case it is acceptable to us that a note be inserted at this point in your recording of these sound vibratory complexes referring to the location of the query in previous workings. And this was in session 67. Raw going on. The query, though thoughtful, is in some degree falling short of the realization of the nature of the archetypical mind. We may not teach learn for any other to the extent that we become learned teachers. Therefore, we shall make some general notations upon this interesting subject and allow the questioner to consider and refine and further refine any queries. And so now Ra will talk about the nature of the archetypical mind. The archetypical mind may be defined as that mind which is peculiar to the logos of this planetary sphere, thusly unlike great cosmic all-mind, it contains the material which it pleased the logos to offer as refinements to the great cosmic beingness. The archetypical mind then is that which contains all facets which may ex which may affect mind or experience. And here we go to number one. The magician was named as a significant archetype in Don's original question, question in session 67. The magician, the magician was named as a significant archetype. However, it was not recognized that this portion of the archetypical mind represents not a portion of the deep subconscious, but the conscious mind, and more especially, the will. The archetype called by some the high priestess, then, is the corresponding intuitive 
or subconscious faculty, which is card number two. Let us observe the entity as it is in relationship to the archetypical mind. You may consider the possibilities of utilizing the correspondences between the mind-body-spirit in microcosm and the archetypical mind-body-spirit closely approaching the creator. In, uh, For instance, in your ritual performed to purify this place, you use the term Ve-Gubura, which is Hebrew. Ve-Ve-Ve-Gubura. Gubura. It is a correct assumption that this is a portion or aspect of the One Infinite Creator. However, there are various correspondences with the archetypical mind, which may be more and more refined by the adept. The Gibura, Gibura, I don't know how it's pronounced, is the correspondence of Michael, of Mars, of the positive, of maleness. The Gedula has correspondences to Jupiter, to femaleness, to the negative, to that portion of the tree of life concerned with Auriel. We could go forward with more and more refinements of these two entries into the archetypical mind. We could discuss color correspondences, relationships with other archetypes, and so forth. This is the work of the adept, not the teach-learner. We may only suggest that there are systems of study which may address themselves to the aspects of the archetypical mind, and it is well to choose one and study carefully. It is more nearly well if the adept go beyond whatever has been written and make such correspondences that the archetype can be called upon at will. So, let's jump in. Ra being a stickler for non-infringement because of its metaphysical effect upon the tuning. I mean, why doesn't Ra talk about uh, nitty-gritty of Orion conspiracy activity at length because it would detune or lead to loss of the contact. Likewise, here I'd say they are requesting that um, it's better to um, ask the question at the same time you're asking for an answer. Ask the question when you wish your answer. Uh, but they don't need that right here, but in general, this type of um, conscientiousness or meticulous meticulousness, attention to detail, and respect for free will and honesty and full disclosure, is is critical to the maintenance of the tuning that allows the conduct. Then, Raw is saying, Don's question is thoughtful but it does fall short of recognizing the nature of the archetypical mind. He's talking about the... Uh, he was asking in session 67 about particular archetypes and what that's all about, not necessarily what's the nature or um, ontological basis of archetypical mind and function and soul evolution, but getting into the specifics. And Ross said, we may not teach, learn for any other. <laughs> to the extent that they're becoming learned teachers, meaning they can't do their learning, can't do Don's learning for him, they will teach in synchrony or or contiguity with with the questioning of Don that demonstrates his learning. So we seek and slowly learn. We then formulate questions at our own level uh, associated with that relative level of learning and understanding. 
the teacher, uh, particularly this interdimensional contact exchange teaching, the, the true teacher doesn't infringe because they don't take the student uh, to where the student hasn't demonstrated their seeking or capacity to go. There is always new material, but it's a meeting halfway. There is a taking forward into new material, but that, to be non-infringing, must have a certain kind of metaphysical contiguity or adherence or resonance with the level of the of the learning demonstrated by the question rather than on and on beyond it and so they're making general notes general comments on the archetypical mind here and then basically saying you go back and try to understand it and then refine or develop further questions and so this goes back of course to the the wanderer's frustration at being sought so little meaning so little seeking or asking me or us about what we know or about life or about the world so most people ask little they're seeking little they don't want much they can't receive much they'll reject um, what they can't what they're not seeking or what is beyond their uh, desire to receive at any one time so we should be careful about that the archetypical mind here is defined as that mind it's a mind it's really elements in mind they're really elements in deep mind the peculiar to our planetary logos the planetary logos is the solar logos the planetary logos is a subset or is a aspect or facet of the solar and the solar um, is different than the great cosmic all mind which I would say is the galactic mind or galactic logos right so you have three logoi you have the galactic the solar and then Atman as sub sub logos or higher self three levels of logoi which means word word the word is love yes the word is love uh, and the the logos in the Gnostic understanding is the Soter means savior so Yeshua is a stand-in for the Logos and the higher self is an aspect of the Logos sub sub Logos but the Logos of the planet is really not different than the Logos of the solar system the, the planets are you could say archetypes <laughs> actually or um, chakras or uh, main qualities of power consciousness of the solar Logos but that's different than the great cosmic all mind which I believe is the galactic logos which is different than the solar logos because the solar logos basically refines the uh, laws of love light or intelligent energy of the galactic logos So the galactic logos creates the seven rays by the generation of light which is intelligent energy that dif differentiates to the seven rays um, and seven dimensions seven chakras and energy bodies that is modified by a solar logos in a solar system when any planet gets into second density Ra said this so the difference between the solar and the galactic logoi is the refinement of intelligent energy performed by the galactic logos as it becomes a solar logos meaning 
most stars in the solar in the galaxy well many many it seems that the majority of stars don't have planets with life on them with with uh, conscious life but i forgot the numbers but those solar systems with planets with a conscious life meaning starting pretty much at the um anim- at the plant and animal uh, every planet is a mineral obviously but that doesn't mean there's second density life so mineral is sort of first second but uh, once the planet gets uh, second density life like plant animal then its logos become it, it, its guidance as from galactic logos differentiates into the solar uh, into a solar logos that um Ross said is the material the material is what's in the archetypical mind it's uh, pertaining to a solar logos not the galactic and it is material or configuration of the ways of intelligent energy interaction the ways intelligent energy interacts with itself meaning how does it how is it that a mind body spirit complex has its integrity as this threefold uh, seven dimensional structure or form right <laughs> i mean what is a mind body spirit complex it's a seven dimensional energy conscious uh, vehicle in the octaves of a solar logos which is whose existence the mind body spirit complex of the the body the, the, which is really a vehicle it's not the author <laughs> the author is the logos but the vehicle uh has its uh ways of existence determined by a solar logos and that is what ra means by refinements to the great cosmic beingness so sorry this really you know now we're moving into book 4 and uh it's going to get heavy from now on if it wasn't heavy before the archetypical mind then contains the facets all facets which may ex- may affect mind or experience uh i see the 22 major arcana tarot cards archetypes as nodal points in the deep mind of third density they're not really relevant in fourth and higher again i i'm not a expert on the tarot or the archetypical mind it wasn't my way but there surely are nodal points in the energy processing of mind and then body and then spirit leading to harvestability or the aeon card 22 then this archetypical mind these nodal points or energy processing nodes or aspects contains all facets which may affect mind or experience and there ra is really saying that although these 21 22 cards uh, 3 21 21 for mind then body then spirit 777 22 is aeon although all seven all 22 of them or or the first 21 are seven of mind seven of body seven of spirit are of body mind spirit actually who's really affected is mind or the mover the 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 fulcrum of body mind spirit is mind the uh processing of energy by mind uh, that is the the dynamics um you know the the map the nodal architecture of the 21 cards they're all for the development of mind or experience which runs soul evolution or leads to harvestability because that's all we're talking about is harvestability out of 3D because 22 is the aeon which is graduation 
mind is experience, um, and the doctrine of no mind, which certain Buddhist adepts got, um, is ultimately the end of experience, which is the end of samskara, which is the end of uh, ahamkara that uh, powers the false uh, arising of the five skandhas, or the illusory self. You know, and so the end of experience is the end of illusion or the end of the fashioning of uh, interpretation. <laughs> I'm talking to a few levels here, but um, mind is experience. And so somebody talks to you and says something, our interpretation of what they're saying and how I feel is my experience made by me, not by their words. It's co-created, you can say, but ultimately we fashion experience and make our own mind by our interpretations, which depend on our, you know, perceptions and attitudes and biases and, um, you know, development of the of the seven rays, blocked, unblocked, developed, undeveloped. And so the archetypical mind, as, as particularly 21 nodal points of the architecture of energy processing in body-mind-spirit are all related to mind. And so it's the processing of dynamics of body and spirit and mind in mind. It's the mental processing or mind, mind experience fashioning processing of, of our experience of body and mind and spirit. <laughs> Card one, magician. Significant archetype. Yes, indeed. It's not deep unconscious, it is the conscious mind, it is the will. And so this is more esoteric, which we won't go further in, because we'll later get into a much longer reading about the magician in each of the cards. What's the difference between conscious mind and the will? They're not the same, but um, the, the conscious mind is that level of mind that can direct will, uh, while the unconscious mind, corresponding to High Priestess, card two, the yin to the yang, um, operates by an autonomous will. It's like the parasympathetic nervous system versus the sympathetic. It's like the heart beats of its own. Its will is coded into the reflexive uh, structure. It's, it's autonomous, autonomous uh, functioning, not you know, not not run by conscious thought. That is its in, encoded will. But the conscious mind is that aspect of mind that has free usage to uh, with to free active free access to will, which is not the same as mind, but it's accessed by conscious mind, while the unconscious is programmed by will, but isn't the one that reaches towards it. It's that which is reached towards by the will-accessing conscious mind. <laughs> so, the yang, or male, of the magician, you know, is the polarity of the female, or the yin of high priestess. And uh, this is the idea that men and women get along well, right? Because they're complementary. And um, likewise, water and fire, likewise, earth and air, likewise, um, you know, polarity 
is is basically uh, dual differentiation uh, of a unity. So this is the fir- this is this is the polarity of mind, a basic polarity of mind, the two levels of mind, conscious unconscious. And unconscious or subconscious, it's probably better to say subconscious, is intuitive. It's uh, gnostic rather than logical, analytical, linear. Then this sort of Kabbalistic uh, reference or tree of life, which is also not my thing. This is, you know, this type of intellectual um, symbolism, uh, symbolism analysis, study of symbols, like the study of the correspondences, that's okay, but you've got to take it to the last level, to the next level, if you really want to um, go far in the adept path, because it's not just um, dancing, dancing with thoughts. It's it's a um, uh, embodiment of these um, forces of of the logos that are represented by uh, the tree of life, Sephirot, and the twenty one uh, archetypal or archetype cards. It's their internalization. So the, uh, the so but the study of correspondences between what the the microcosm and the macrocosm or between the personal self and these representatives of the Logos. You see, the archetypical mind is a representative of the Logoic scheme as how intelligent energy has been structured in the octave. Likewise, how mind processing or experience is processed in mind in the personal self. So the entity, the micro, the mind-body-spirit complex, mind-body-spirit and microcosm, us, with this, um, with these uh, twenty-one archetypical or archetypal uh, points of mind processing, because even if they are affecting body and spirit, they are the mind's experience of body and the mind's experience of spirit. The archetypical mind contains all facets which may affect mind or experience. Uh, the body affects spirit, mind and the spirit affects mind, but the experience of them is in the mind anyway. Anyway, so utilizing correspondences between, we can say, the personal self, mind, body, spirit, in microcosm, and the archetypical, and the archetypes themselves. And Ross said one way of studying the archetypes is by studying the tree of life, and the one of the values of uh, studying uh, an an archetypical system, and Ross said there were three: tarot, tree of life, and astrology. So we can make correspondences between these three archetypical systems, which again are systems of logoic um, or, or processing of energy, or interaction of intelligent energy itself in body, mind, spirit in their density for evolution. Um, understanding the archetypes helps us understand the Logos. Understanding the Logos helps us understand the Creator. Understanding the archetypes uh, helps us resonate with, um, make greater resonance with Logoic Plan and uh, the Aeons. 
the aeons in Gnostic understanding are the powers of God in the Pleroma, which really means in the divine realm, but everywhere is a divine realm. <laughs> the whole octave is a divine realm, and the aeons are here, not in the sky. And one way of resonating with the, with the aeons, uh, which is the kingdom of heaven within, is the study of archetypes, which may be by Tree of Life, Kabbalah, or um, Tarot, arc, uh, arc, Major Arcana, or uh, Astrology. Alright, so I'm not going to get into this vague Gabura versus vague, vague Gadula, but there's male, female. Uh, all of these may be seen as portion or aspect of the One Infinite Creator, which is called Aeons, A-E-O-N-S, Gnostic term, powers, which could also be angelic. The angelics are Aeons, or Aeonic powers are angelic or devic. They are powers of the Logos, or the principal forces of the octave, of the, of the Logoic creation of the octave, um, in angelic... Um, configuration, I'd say. So, then, it all gets super complicated, and Buddhists will say, <laughs> shut up and sit. So, this is not Buddhism. Um, this is occultist um, activity. Great activity. So, anyway, there's vague Bura, there's vague Gadula, there's, interestingly, correspondence interesting between Mars and Jupiter, Michael and Oriel, and so now Ra is bringing the connection between the tarot system, first and second cards, male and female, conscious, unconscious, conscious, subconscious, matrix of mind, magician, potentiator of mind, high priestess, to the tree of life, correspondences of these first two Tarot Major Arcana, being Vegbura and Vegdula, and so saying that, yeah, you could say that the the Matrix of Mind Magician is like Michael Mars' positive maleness. You can say that Card 2, High Priestess, is like Vegdula, or Jupiter, female, negative, or Oriel, rather than Michael. Negative doesn't mean evil negative, it means receptive. Um, so, uh, positive doesn't mean good, negative doesn't mean bad in this usage, even in, in discussion of polarity or, or, you know, spiritual orientation. Positive path, negative path, it's not good and bad, it's um, uh, active initiatic dynam dynamic versus um, receptive um, uh, receptive uh, actually um, reflective by reception rather than uh, dynamic by uh, initiatory action, meaning pushing forward. It's really pulling back. But it's, it's the difference between the, the sky and the earth. The earth is mm, receptive. The sky is transmissive in, a certain, in the certain dynamics of the planet. And the receptive is called negative, but negative here doesn't mean bad, obviously. Anyway, yes, many, many, many more refinements could be made. Color, relationship to other archetypes. This is the work of the adept, not the teach-learner, meaning this is your work, not, not Ra's work. 
you got to do it yourself, Don and LNL and us. Uh, there are many systems of study. Uh, bear in mind, in my limited view, um, having a big knowledge of sim of of, of multi-system uh, symbol correspondences uh, it does not an adept make. Okay, knowledge does not an adept make. So it's the work of the adept, but it doesn't make an adept. An adept is really somebody, if you're on the white path, on the positive path, um, who has very significant lower chakra clearance, lower triad blockages clearance, and very significant development of blue-green or crystallized blue-green center, love wisdom, very well done, and very well activated coordinated sixth ray, where they know all is one, they know that self is totality and identity is source, and um, live thereby, not have lots of stuff in their mind. They may, they may not, but it comes through and is not a possession. If, if you have a lot of, you know, learning, 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 and you think you're an adept, um, you might think twice or realize that your thinking um, makes not adeptus. Adeptus is a transformed being. And thinking is minor transform minor transformation. So, look in the mirror and see if it's major or minor. And then, yes, indeed, it's more nearly well, which is otherwise by saying it's better <laughs> for the adept, the real adept, to go beyond what's been written, and also what has been thought. I would say, and make correspondences. So the archetype can be called upon at will. And I would say it's better, it's more nearly well, if a true adeptus can go beyond not only what's been written, not only a reliance upon illusory thought form, and uh, not only can go beyond not only uh, calling upon archetypes at will, but, but leaping to the boundless and making it their home. As Chong Su said, leap into the boundless and make it your home. If you're at home in the boundless, and I'm not saying I am, but I've seen those who are, um, they don't necessarily call upon archetypes at will. They are, <laughs> they are at one, and um, arch archetypes come to them. <laughs> the aeons, they know that the aeons are their being. The aeons are in their being. Their being is the octave of the aeons and then they don't need to consciously call this one or that one for a particular function. They embody the aeonic pleroma. 74.5 I have a question here I'm going to answer and let you correct. I see that the disciplines of the personality feed the indigo ray energy center and affect the power of the white magician by unblocking the lower energy centers and allowing for a free flow of the upward spiraling light to reach the indigo center. Is it correct? No. <laughs> Ra said no. Seems pretty correct to me. Ra said, um, Don said, could you correct me? In 74.6, Ra explains, the indigo center, sixth ray center, forehead, Chaka. the indigo center is indeed most important for the work of the adept. However, it cannot no matter how crystallized, correct to any extent whatsoever, imbalances or blockages in other energy centers. They must needs be cleared syriatum from red upwards. 
unfortunately, Don didn't get what that meant. But there are a couple of follow-up questions about six ray, indigo ray, uh, the, the, the power of Ajna Chakra. Don was asking um, about disciplines of personality, which is, you know, various spiritual practices, uh, and so on, and we'll explain more. How they feed indigo ray, yes, or activate six chakra, yes. Affect power of white magician, yes. Uh, the mistake was by unblocking lower entry centers. And that the point is that activation of six ray does not unblock lower entry centers. It just activates six ray. No matter how crystallized, six ray indigo center cannot itself, does not correct lower chakra blockages, imbalances, or blockages in energy, other energy centers, one through five, are not per se healed or unblocked or balanced or crystallized or developed by six chakra activation. They need to be cleared seriatim. Now, that doesn't mean meditating on every chakra color one by one. It means paying attention and, and having it as a priority to be free from emotional charge to be free from psychological conflict, to be free from convex, concave distortion relations to others in relationship, meaning uh, either um, I control you or I'm okay with you controlling me. Convex, concave, I call it, meaning aggression or submission. Clear your third chakra blockages, meaning clear, make, uh, you know, bring love wisdom into all relationships relations with um, individuals and relations with groups so that one um, doesn't infringe, doesn't aggress, doesn't harm, uh, and doesn't allow that to continue to one either. And one purifies one's intentional set. Why am I in relationship with this person? Why am I in this group? Why am I here with you? Why? Do I know? I really ought to know. So that's a third ray work. And second ray work is um, getting beyond low self-value, low self-esteem, self-doubt, self-blame, self-punishment, all these patterns, masochism, sadism, low self-worth, insecurity, inadequacy, insufficiency of sense of self, lack of self-appreciation, dot, dot, dot. That doesn't get cleared by six-ray activation. And so you do see some so-called adepts or some people with spiritual power, who have very significant second, third ray blockages. That's a problem. It's called spiritual bypass. Then Don's asking, how does how do disciplines of personality feed into go ray center and affect the power of the white magician? Uh, how does that happen? Ross said, we'd be happy to. Does it does it make sense? Ross said, yeah, it makes sense. Seventy four seven. Would you answer it, please? We would be happy to answer this query. Says Ra. Seventy four eight and says, we understood the previous query as being of other import. The indigo ray, and here's a little treatise on the indigo ray. The indigo ray is the ray of the adept. This is six chakra. A great deal of the answer you, the, a great deal of the answer you seek is in this sentence. There is an identification between the crystallization of that energy center and the improvement, <clears throat> improvement of the working of the mind-body-spirit 
as it begins to transcend space-time balancing and to enter the combined realms of space-time and time-space. This is the uh, marriage, divine marriage, of the magician and high priestess between Jupiter and Mars, between conscious mind masculine and subconscious mind feminine. These are the combined realms, this enter combined realms of space, time, time, space happens when there is great permeability in the veil between conscious mind and subconscious. And that's the result of uh, working on uh, chakras one through six, not only six. But for the adept, yes, indeed, they are working in six, or they are basing their life in six, but it's a six-ray indigo reactivation that, that, that stands atop a purified column uh, from root to ajna, from red to indigo. All chakras one through six are well taken care of. And then, yes, of course, as six-ray crystallizes, so you can say that not only is there crystallization of blue-green, fifth ray, fourth ray, pure mind, in some kind of a stable um, activation, different than lower chakras, which are unblocked, higher chakras are activated and crystallized and coordinated, different type of working. But uh, yes, you can identify or you can make an identification that as six ray is more crystallized, which is a stabilized high activation, there is improvement in the working of the entity, or the magician, white magician, as they go beyond the need for space-time balancing, which really means conscious working on thoughts and feelings and um, personality um, healing, emotional healing, to go enter the combined realms of physical, non-physical, um, working in deep mind, and also working with energy, and also working internally to affect the outer, or working whereby the conscious mind has made great, is of great integration with the subconscious. Great integration with the subconscious really is um, akin to porosity of the veil, which is akin to um, a very flexible diaphragm, whereby uh, the higher realms or chakras, heart, throat, ajna, uh, four, five, six, green, blue, indigo, have um, have healthy intercourse with the lower, meaning first, second, third, lower triad. And so um, what's below the diaphragm, what's above the diaphragm are in free communication. Likewise, the conscious mind and the subconscious. Likewise, space-time awareness of materiality and thought and subconscious dynamics of uh, subtle energy and intuition and symbolism and awareness uh, beyond the present moment or integration of past and future into the present. These are all uh, works of the adept. Let me see if I, something, something, 74.9, and we're getting close to the end today. Let me see if I have a wrong opinion here of the effect of disciplines of the personality, meaning what are the disciplines of personality? It's a great question. So you see we're getting real deep here. Don says, 74.9, I was assuming that a discipline of the personality to, uh, assuming that a discipline of the personality to, shall we say, 
have a balanced attitude towards a single fellow entity would properly clear and balance to some extent the orange ray energy center is it correct so it gets the uh, Don's assumptions uh, and misunderstanding of what Ra's saying and Ra addressing Don's particular um, approach or his particular uh, focus um, to try to bring it into line with uh, the meaning uh, of adept and discipline of personality. Uh, Ross said, we cannot say that you speak incorrectly, but merely less than completely. <laughs> the disciplined personality, when faced with an other self, has all centers balanced according to its unique balance. Thusly, the other self looks in a mirror seeing itself. And that's, that's critical. When you are with somebody who's finished with the path, or nearly finished, you see yourself more clearly <laughs> because they are free from self. They are free from that, that they, they have become an aeon. The aeons move freely through them. They are one with the aeons. They become a power of nature, a power of the logos. That being is free from uh, ahamkara. They're free from self-cherishing or the fashioning of separative identity. They're free of the fashioning of any personalized identity. And therefore, when you're with them, you don't see them because there is no them there. There is simply a reflective field. They are, they have become a reflective or transparent field in the octave. So this is um, beyond the phrase disciplined personality, really. It's a fully awakened being or the level of higher self. It's a full, you know, Yeshua. There, there are different levels to all these things. There's the Bodhisattva and a Buddha. There's Atman and the Logos. They're not the same. Atman, Paramatman, sixth density being uh, of unity and unified self versus eighth density guardian. Not the same. Likewise, disciplined personality and a Buddha or a, a higher self like Bodhisattva. Um, may have all centers balanced according to their unique balance, could be called disciplined personality, um, is a mirroring function, <clears throat> but is not of the same level of a, of a Buddha or a guardian eighth density. So there are all sorts of points here, but disciplined personality is very much akin to the adept, akin to higher self, akin to the bodhisattva, um, is free of significant lower chakra blockage. And the lower triad uh, is purified. The personal uh, has been emptied of conflict and and grasping, aversion, and ignorance, more or less. And then um, they they become a, a metaphysical mirror for all those who approach them. Um, other self looks in a mirror, seeing itself. So the, there's the discipline, pers the, the the disciplines of personality, and then there is the work on six chakra. The disciplines of personality feed six chakra, but they actually go beyond just that. So that's the the confusion here is disciplines of personality for the positive path basically develop all seven chakras, but 
the basis of adeptus work in six chakra, six ray indigo, you know, properly rests upon um, the work of the disciplined personality, but but particular activation of six ray in and of itself doesn't clear the lower blockages. So Don's trying to pull this together and says seventy four ten. Now the 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 disciplines of the personality. I see is the paramount work of any who have become consciously aware of the process of evolution. Am I correct? Ross is quite meaning when we're consciously aware of um, life equals soul growth, we are embarking on disciplines of personality. It's just basically spiritual practice, spiritual path. It's Shila uh, Samadhi Prajna. That's it. That's what we're talking about. So moral, you know, some basic moral virtue uh, and uh, ahimsa, and then development of concentration, one-pointedness through meditation and spiritual practices, and if you want to go into the uh, you know archetypical study of symbol systems and correspondence to the logos, that's good. But there's a concerted development of uh, green, blue, indigo that surmounts um, the purification of the lower centers associated with shila, or virtue, morality, ethics, Buddhism, you know, harmlessness. But the root is got to clear the first three centers blockages. Then, Don's trying to pull it all together on the fly, 7411. And this will be the last for today. Next time we'll pick up at 7412. Here, 7411. Now, what I'm trying to get at is how these disciplines affect the entry centers and the power, shall I say, of the white magician. Could you, will you tell me how that works? And um, this is a beautiful answer, uh, 7411, critical teaching as to the, the path or disciplines of personality, or let's just say spiritual path to work upon all seven rays. Ra said, the heart of the discipline of the personality is threefold. One, know yourself. Two, accept yourself. Three, become the creator. The third step, which is become the creator, is that step which, when accomplished, renders one the most humble servant of all, transparent in personality, and completely able to know and accept other selves. In, res in relation to the pursuit of the magical working, the continuing discipline of the personality involves the adept in knowing itself, accepting itself, and thus clearing the path towards the great indigo gateway to the Creator. To become the Creator is to become all that there is. Then there is no personality in the sense with which the adept began or begins its learned teaching. As the consciousness of the indigo ray becomes more crystalline, more work may be done. More may be expressed from intelligent infinity. And so that will be where we end today's first half reading of session 74. The three, the discipline of personality, which is just Ra's basically term or phrase for spiritual path, white, positive path. Spiritual path, or the central work of spiritual path, according to their view, and I think it's, you will find this threefold or um, three principled teaching to be the basis of every single religious or metaphysical tradition that teaches spiritual path. 
know yourself, accept yourself, become the creator. Know yourself is uh, very much the activation of wisdom, Blu-ray, to know um, one, you know, to know the seven rays, to know all uh, all the spheres of consciousness, all air, all aspects of the self. Know it's the activation and coordination in many ways of fifth ray um, with all seven chakras. Accept yourself is the coordin- activation coordination of fourth ray, green ray, love, with all seven rays too. So know yourself, accept yourself means activate blue ray, activate green ray, bring love, wisdom, unconditional acceptance and discernment, honesty, commitment to truth, loving truth, and loving love. Loving love and loving truth, bring that to the total self. Bring that to all aspects of yourself. Body, body process, uh, emotional process, when emotional charge comes up, mental process, intellectual, what I think, and um, deeper beliefs. Um, What are my deep beliefs that generate my conscious thought or reactions or my emotional charge? Emotional charge and how I'm thinking now is ultimately the product of deep core beliefs. And deep core beliefs are in many ways rest upon deep self-image or self-view or view of self. Do I think I'm good? Do I think I'm bad? Do I think I'm this? Do I think I'm that? Do I think I'm the body or body-mind or Godhead? Is it inflated? Is it realistic? Is it body, mind, spirit? Is it material only? Am I this intellect? Am I, am I this knowledge? What am I? So core belief, core beliefs um, in many ways grow upon uh, second chakra conditions of the feeling about the sense of self, the, the roots of personal identity, the root conceptions of the sense of self give rise to various other core beliefs and values and therefore thoughts and ways of thinking and patterns of behavior and emotional reactivity and that's all and that that of course is the guidance of or the determinant of how we act in our life in society in relationship in terms of career in terms of work in terms of relationship in terms of group engagement that's the realm of the first three rays that's the personal. So know yourself, accept yourself begins with the, the world of body, mental, emotional, and social interpersonal. Know it, accept it. And then um, ultimately one will be able to know the higher self or the greater self um, to know love more deeply, to know what wisdom is more deeply, to know how this self is more deeply, to know one's karma, to know something about past lives, and the purpose of the 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 the, uh, the purpose for which the present moment exists, or the various purposes or developments that this present moment and present lifetime are leading to in the future, and then become the creator. Ultimately, is the sixth ray activation that coordinates that prior integration of one through five, and makes access contact intelligent infinity, the light in the head, the link between six and seven, and then. Um, you know, <laughs> the charioteer uh, is seated in the chariot. Atman lives in body, mind, spirit, more and more or less, more and more, uh, in space-time.
and then Ra saying the final step become the creator which is what is it becoming becoming one with Atman that's one level of becoming the creator the next level is of course getting out of the octave uh, what those two you know there's that there's uh, there's the first awakening and then the final awakening the first awakening in many ways is like Sotapanna in Buddhism the final awakening is Arahan or Nibban or leaving the octave or becoming one with the logos the union of atman and paramatman nichinanda said um moksha or mukti getting out of the octave so the first awakening which i would say is uh, fusion increasing union with higher self or mm, assumption resumption <laughs> emergence of atman or a higher self into space time or the resumption of union with atman uh, lived in body the embodiment of Atman is the first aspect of the third step become the creator and the second aspect or the second stage I'd say is getting out of the octave they I would say or Ra saying the first step third step become the creator however you define it makes one profoundly humble because one knows uh, glory Godhead ahead and uh, doesn't think of oneself as greater than one is but has um a reasonable sense of, um, you know, one is this and one is that, and um, there's no basis for pride. Actually, <laughs> there's no, there's nothing that that pride sticks upon. Transparent personality, meaning non-obstructive to to intelligent energy, actually, and completely able to know and accept others. Completely, that's that would be the case. Yes, if you've met great beings they they know you better than you know yourself for sure and then continuing in terms of pursuit of magical working continuing meaning continued spirit continued development on spiritual path positive path leads the adept too also to know itself expect accept itself as an adept which really is again the application of love wisdom green blue to one through six particularly and that purification of the column of energy kundalini you can say from red to indigo clears the path towards the great indigo or clears the path that leads into the gateway to intelligent infinity the, the path towards the indigo gateway the indigo ray is the gateway the path toward the gateway is red through indigo meaning the he, the the work upon the first six rays or one through five, but one through five and six. So the path towards the great indigo gateway is first chakra, the lower triad, one through three, four, five, and six, and the integration of, of all six. Then a cleared path to the gateway to intelligent infinity, which is indigo ray, which is uh, the linkage of six and seven. Uh, so it's then the seventh ray, the, the crown uh, at last rests upon the head. The crown of the Logos, the Logoic glory, uh, rests upon the cleared column of red through indigo, and indigo-violet union, marriage, between the unified one through six, you know, the, the one through six, first through six rays, union, coordination, integration, uh, is crowned by access to intelligent uh, to uh, contact with intelligent infinity seven 
and so the crown is the the crown is placed upon the head as um, uh, contact with intelligent infinity seventh ray uh, is uh, brought into is um, contacted by the gateway indigo that rests upon the cleared path of one through six and then becoming the creator it's not becoming it's really uh, resuming uh, returning to uh, source or the resumption of the union of source and identity the the resumption of the reality that totality or source is identity and how that then uh, is the new or resumed identity of mind body spirit complex that is to become all that there is I am that I am tatvamasi then there is no personality in the sense with which the adept began really not begins but began its learned teaching the uh, the satapanni is not uh, is not the guy who started and um, what one becomes is not the personality one the the human personality is subsumed into the totality of the transformed being who then uh, becomes a an aeonic power or uh, a force of the logos yeah as the consciousness of indigo ray becomes more crystalline more work can be done sure and more is expressed from intelligent infinity so um, body mind spirit complex our selfhood in the octave is an expression of intelligent infinity through uh, contact with intelligent infinity but also the manifestation of intelligent energy which is for the person or the adept accessed in six ray itself is an expression of intelligent infinity the octave creation is an expression of the creator one infinite creator expresses itself in creation as creation creation as the expression of infinity of course so <laughs> there you go anyway next time we'll start at 7412 uh thank you don and ra and thank you for being here too please take good care of yourselves see you next time and good night